You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Women of Faith podcast, the podcast dedicated to empowering women like you to step into their purpose, embrace their calling, and fearlessly pursue the life they were created for. I am your host, Nancy Ruffin, and I am passionate about sharing inspiring stories that will uplift and equip you to elevate your skills, business, and life. As women of faith, we often encounter unique challenges and opportunities that call for unwavering courage and determination. And on this podcast, we'll dive into the personal journeys of remarkable women who have harnessed the power of faith to overcome obstacles, break through limitations, and achieve their dreams. And this week, I'm really excited because I have Denise Quiles joining me in conversation to talk about finding love after 40. And now this is a topic that I've been wanting to delve into for quite some time because I know several women who have yet to find their true love. And when I came across Denise's story, I was really inspired by her and in the way that she is not just embracing this new season of love that she's in, but how she's also sharing it with her friends, her family, and just with the world around her. And, you know, just for some context, I have known Denise for years. Um, A fun fact, her and I share a birthday. So we say we're birthday twins because our birthdays both fall on May 19th. She's actually a couple of years older than me. I want to say maybe two years older than me. And we grew up together in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So I have legit known Denise for the majority of my life. Like I can't remember a time when I didn't know her. Um, and I remember when we were growing up back in Brooklyn, like I looked up to her. I always thought she was so beautiful. She was like in the cool crowd. Um, and I mean, we also share a family member. So like in some way we kind of related because we have a mutual cousin. Um, funny, it's weird um, to kind of explain that. But yeah, we share a cousin. And so I say all that to say that I've known her for a really long time and um you know, she was married for a really long time. In fact, um, her ex-husband, um, she, I want to say she was with him d- definitely over 20 years because I've been married for 22 years and she was with him way longer. But she is in a new season in her life. Um, and her and her husband got divorced. He's now her ex and she is now in a new relationship. And I wanted to invite her on to talk about what that journey has been like for her, because I know that there are so many women who question whether or not their love 
will ever arrive. And I wanted to share her story as a way to give other women hope and inspiration um, and to trust you know, where they are on their own journey. And I really love the conversation that I had with Denise because she talks a lot about really having to pour into herself um, and what that journey looked like and why it was important for her to fill her own cup instead of seeking someone else to do that for her. And I think that that was one of the revelations that she got, you know, from her previous relationship. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to give the interview away. I'm going to kind of just end it here um, and just tap right in. So if you are a woman over 40 who finds yourself questioning when will your love arrive, then I encourage you to continue listening, listen to Denise's story, and just believe and trust that your love is on the way. So we are back with another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. This week, I'm super excited um, for this episode. It's a special episode because I have a longtime friend joining me. This is a woman who I grew up with back in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, Someone who I always looked up to, too, because she is, I think, a year or two older than me. But when you're young, um, those two years, they seem like a lot. And I remember um, I just used to see her in the neighborhood. I thought she was so pretty. She was always, you know, trendy. And it's like, oh, I want to be like her. And then, you know, fast forward all these years later, we're still connected. Um, She lives in Florida now. And the reason why I invited her to be on the podcast is because She is in this new season of her life. She is in love. And I wanted her to talk about that love journey because so many women over 40 are struggling with finding their love. And so many women feel like it's never going to happen for them. But Denise is the proof that it can happen. So please join me in welcoming my good friend, Denise Quiles. Hi, Denise. How are you? So, okay, so just um, introduce yourself a little bit. Let my listeners and viewers know a little bit about who you are um, and just share whatever it is you feel inspired to share. And then we'll get into the conversation. Okay. Uh, as you said, my name is Denise. I came from Brooklyn. I moved to Florida. And um, I came over here actually married for a better life, so to speak, for my kids. Um, And after buying my house and um, kind of wanted the uh, happily ever after, (laughs) um, that really didn't happen. It really wasn't for my ex-husband here. Um, So I kind of just focused on working. And um, found so, that person. <laughs> how how was the transition coming from New York, right? You lived your whole life in New York, um, and then you moved to Florida. And I think because after a certain age, when you're married, when you have kids, you do start to think about a different kind of life, 
that it's just impossible to really have in New York. The cost of living is super high. And, you know, if you want to be a homeowner and like have a beautiful house, it's going to, it's over a million dollars easy, you know, in New York and you move to Florida, you get a different quality of life. So what was that transition like for you when you moved to Florida? Was it hard for you and your family to adjust or did you kind of settle right in? I think for me, I settled right in um, because I already had in my head that I was moving and that I was going to make it work. Yeah. Um, I got lucky because I moved um, to a neighborhood where my best friend lived. Um, you know her. Yeah. Um, so all of her friends kind of became my friends. It was difficult for my son because he was, he turned 13 here. And so he had like all his friends. So that was, my son was probably for me the most, it was the most difficult for him because of his age. Yeah. And he kind of, he's kind of shy. So like he didn't make a lot of friends in school. It now is a different story. Um, and for my daughter, it was easy. Um, Ex-husband, no, he did not like it at all. He was used to the fast-paced life. Um, I knew that I wanted something more calm. I say calm is my superpower. Um, New York kind of had me always angry and um, I just, I needed a, a big change and started my self-care. And so I guess how, or how soon after you down, down, sorry, my dog. Okay. How soon after you moved to Florida did you and your husband separate? Uh, so I've been here nine years. We separated in 2019 and I moved 2000, what, 17? Am I doing the math correctly? 2000, no. Uh, let's say three, four years. Okay. I suck in math. Wow. So did he go did he go back to New York? He went to Michigan. Ah. His family, his um sisters and brothers, they live in Michigan. So he went over there. So how did you navigate that? Right? Because speaking from my like just from my own perspective or my own experience, I've been with my husband, I don't know, 22 years. We've been married. And I know you and your ex were longer because that was like your childhood boyfriend, like forever. I, I knew you with him forever. Yeah. So when you're with someone for that long, you pretty much just settle into the idea. This is my partner. This is who I'm going to grow old with. And then you come to that crossroads where you realize you both want different things. Um, and so when you both decided that you were going to separate, what was that, um, I guess that process for you? It was really hard. Um, because like you said, I thought I was going to be with this man forever. And, um, I kind of started, that's when I started going to church. Um, mm -hmm. I always went to church. Um, I was in the Catholic religion. Um, over here, I became like a non-dominational Christian. Um, my daughter was the one that kind of like was like, you know, I think you would like this church. And so I went. And from there, um, I started my 
my journey basically you know I found God and and he gave me the strength um, to just kind of like focus on me I'm the type of person that I put everybody before me I mean you know you're a Taurus hello we're birthday twins her and I share the same exact birthday which I didn't realize probably until years later because when we were growing up in Brooklyn you know, you were always like the, you know, the cool part of the cool crowd and the older girls. And we didn't have much of a relation of a relationship other than we knew each other from the neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just kind of like started loving myself and, um, I heard God talk to me. Um, I was petrified. I'm not even gonna, sorry, my dog, can I let her out? Yeah, let her go down the, let her be right there next to you. She wants to be with mom. Okay, okay. That's all she wanted. She wants some attention. I think she wants to go outside. Let me open the door. Is that okay? Out. Go That's fine. They have a treat. She just probably wants your attention. It's like children, right? When yeah. they see mom doing something, that's the minute they, they just want to be all on top of you. <laughs> um, so you found God. So, you know, it's interesting. I feel like our journeys have mirrored each other, even though we're on different paths, but we both grew up in the church. You know, like we were, we grew up in the Catholic church and then um, I strayed from it, you know, like after I left Brooklyn and we moved to Queens, like there was, I think that epiphany made it really easy to go to church because it was so close to where we live. So it was easy. When I moved to Queens, I didn't have that same connection. Like there's something to be said about um, us when we grew up in Williamsburg and, you know, I love the upbringing that we had because it really was like a big giant family, like a community, like one way or another everybody was related to each other like because we share a cousin you and I yeah (laughs) (laughs) we share a cousin that's so crazy yeah um but so you found God and what was that I guess that journey like for you did you find the closer you got to God um more clarity the more clarity you got I have to say that um, going to church, like I said, gave me the strength. Um, I would go to every Sunday. Um, I would come home and kind of like sit on my patio and kind of like look around. And I, and, and like, I, I felt like God was talking to me and telling me that it was going to be okay. Like I knew for years that, you know, I wasn't happy. Um, but you know, you get, 20, what, 27 years, I think we were together and you get used to that. Um, I was very scared, but after like maybe a couple of months into going to church, I, I, I felt like this strength and, and, and positivity and everything I preached to everybody else about, you know, you know, be confident and do this and do that, you know, I, always gave advice but I never like took my own advice 
And I started taking my own advice and I started just, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just something that kind of came over me and I just got this, um, I realized I was basically alone. I had a husband, but I was alone. I, I, I felt alone. Um, so it was like, while he was here, I was already alone. So why did I even, what was I scared of? Right. I know that I could do it on my own. Um, but it was just having that companionship and, and wanting my kids to have their father there. And, um, but I think that we get attached, right, to this idea of what our lives are supposed to be like, right? I think that they, that's what, like, as little girls, that's what they sell to us, you know, almost like you get married and you have a family and you make it work no matter what. Like, at least from my own experience, like, that was what I saw with my own parents. Like, now I think they have a great, healthy relationship. But like back then, their relationship was so toxic, and I and I we don't know any better, so we kind of, you know, see the examples, and then we mirror our own marriages or relationships based right. on what we see. And I think that our generation, um, we have the benefit of I think, um exposure now to so many different things there's so much talk now around mental health and about self-care for women and for us taking care of ourselves and I don't think our mothers had that like yeah. they were raised to just endure like you just deal with it no matter what's going on in your relationship you stay for your kids for the family and whether you're happy or not is irrelevant and I think that we get to be the ones that break that cycle so that our own daughters, you know, don't have to repeat the same things and that they can feel empowered to be like, yo, if this is not working, you get to move on, that they don't have to stay in it for as long as we did. Correct. I agree with that 100%. Definitely. So you separate from your husband, you're in church, you got the strength, you're starting to work on Denise and really starting to rediscover yourself again, right? Because I think who you grew up with your husband, right? And so um, you were never even allowed to really see who Denise would be on her own, separate from being in this relationship. Uh, did you discover new things about yourself once you separated and you found that now you could only focus on yourself? Yeah, um, I, I kind of, like I said, put my, I put my foot down and it was just basically all about me. I became selfish and I was okay with that. And I'm still okay with that. Um, just, I, I, I used to go to, I used to go to work and, and, um, kind of be like the happy person. Everybody, you know, everybody would come to me and talk to me about everything. And like I said, I would give them all the advice. And so all of a sudden I became this pillared of strength. I don't know. Um, did you, did you, think that you, you think that you had that in you to be so strong, you know, to walk away from the life that you had known and that you thought you were going to have, because I think that a lot of women, 
also struggle with that because they doubt themselves. They doubt their strength. They, you know, they don't believe they can do it on their own. But we support ourselves, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I had um, a friend that I worked with, a gentleman, and he was going through similar situations. Um, I was not at all like attracted to him or anything. It was just, we had a lot of similarities, but we're so different. And I used to cry, you know, um, people knew at work that there was something going on and I tried to hide that. Um, but he always seemed to like notice and, um, he would ask me, um, like, is everything okay? And I was saying, yeah, everything's fine. And him. Then when everybody was gone, he would be like, I know enough, I know it's not okay. Like, you know, I'm here for you if you need to speak. So one day I kind of just broke down and just started crying and started telling him stuff. And um, and he used to tell me, like, um, like you're beautiful, you're smart, um, you can have any man in this world. Um, because I never believed that I was beautiful. Um to me because I always thought you were so beautiful you know yeah. even growing up I always you were like you were gorgeous thank you it's so I didn't, you know, hear that it, yeah because you know growing up I I was I had a, like five older uncles um and you know they used to make fun of me being skinny um well, in the same boat we were hello like, how many more look at here look at here same skinny boat <laughs> So, you know, I like they made fun of me and all that. And I never had the confidence. And, you know, in being Latina, voluptuous yes. is the way to go. You know, that's the way. I'm voluptuous now, girl. You grew into your. <laughs> I'm still struggling. I'm not even. I never grew into it. Even when. Even when girl, I, I move to Florida. Pregnant. There's hardly no walking. You know, you got to ride a the one thing I looked forward to, right, was like having boobs because you know I was gonna it's gonna get the milk. Girl, that milk never came in. I never got the boobs. I was like, you know what? I can get of this experience because when none of us take mine. Oh, I can't. Say. No, but, I, mean, I'm at a point I, I embraced it, and it's like this was just you know it's just who I am. But I know what you mean. When we were growing up. Like we wanted to have those thick bodies because that was what was appealing. You know? And as a Latina, like we hear our uncles or we hear our fathers and, you know, what they're looking at. And then I'm like, oh, you know, we look at ourselves and we're not there. So I get what you mean about not feeling. And, and my ex-husband um, was always was pretty vocal about, you know, his thick Spanish women, you know? And so, yeah, it was stuck in me. And so now I have this man that's telling me like, you know, you're beautiful and you're smart and you can, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to on top of, you know, me getting myself together. And that kind of hearing it from other people, whether it was a, a man, a woman, I had women friends that were, you know, also cheering me on and stuff like that um and that that support system definitely helped so i definitely having a good support system to tell you you know how great you are reminds me of who you are 
right? Because you've always been great. Yes. You've always been great. But some sometimes we forget or we lose sight of that because we're so accustomed to taking care of everybody else that we just um, are no longer fo focusing on who we are. And, and sometimes you need those people to remind you, you know, like, no, you still got it. And yeah, you're still beautiful. And even though um, your partner may not have appreciated you the way that you deserve, it doesn't take away from your worth or your value or, or those. Things. And I didn't see it that way. You know, I always wanted his approval, his approval, his approval, his approval. Again, putting people before me. And so, you know, I here I am, like, I'm like, I act like I'm conceited, you know, like fake it till you make it, you know? Yeah. Um, and just again, um, I just started like, I went on a date. <laughs> well, well, I, well, sorry, I was separated for about three years. And then I finally got divorced. And when I got divorced, I was like, okay, I'm going on a date, like the UPS guy constantly was like, uh, oh, so uh, you don't have a ring on anymore. And like one of the, like I work in real estate and also property management. So the, a guy, a man, one of the men from like property management, one of, he would come to like pay his rent. And he also noticed, oh, you don't have a ring on. And then I was, so even though like I, I wasn't attracted to them or whatever, but it felt good hearing those things and because, like you said I was like yeah I still got it <laughs> you oh. know um so I gave one of them a, you know a, a a date um and it was so strange it was strange I can imagine it was so strange because it's like like you know the questions and and then some of the getting to know people all over again, right? Be getting to know somebody. I think that is always the hardest part. Yeah. And just think certain things he would say and do, I just was like, you know, I don't like you're like, why am I here? Like and that's I was kind of like trying to get my feet to get my feet wet, I guess, in, in this thing. Um, and just dating life. Um I never want to how, let me ask, how important is that right because I think too a lot of women get stuck in this idea of um maybe they haven't like a type that they normally yes yes <laughs> and and because they don't encounter these types they don't go out at all but I think wait what you're saying is that you were just out there, not necessarily looking for like your next love, but just to get out there, you know, to, to help you one um, realize, yeah, I still got it. And you know, these men are still checking for me. Like there was no expectation of anything. Right. But how important is it for women to kind of just go out and step out of their comfort zone, you know, just, just to get out there? how important it is yeah do you think it's very I, I to me i thought it was really important because it was sort of like like i said to get your feet wet <laughs> like you know to see how you feel um um and i felt once again like uh, um appreciated 
you know, when you're hearing this person tell you like, oh, you know, you look so, again, you look so beautiful. And, um, you know, I, we spoke about kids and he's telling me I'm a good mother. And although you tell yourself you're a good mother, you know, to hear it from other people, it feels really good. So confidence boost. Um, and I think, it, I mean, it's pretty important to, to go out and kind of feel out again you like you said you have types and to me I don't know I, 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 my boyfriend now is white never in my wildest dreams that I, that I think I would be with an older white man um let's, the, talk, about, let's talk about this new relationship because okay. I really like how since he's not your normal type, right? You said you never would have imagined that you would be with an older white man. Um, what was it that I guess ab about him that you say, you know what, I'm gonna give this guy a shot. You know, why did you take a chance on him? Sorry, he was my friend. Um, I worked with him for about seven years. And he pretty much knew a lot because, like I said, I spoke to him about stuff. I there was a there was a group of people and like a, there was a clique, I guess, in my company, and we all like got along, and so we all would talk, and you know, everybody would give advice and stuff like that. And um, when he got divorced, because he was married as well, when he got divorced and he actually confessed <laughs> that he always thought that I was beautiful and smart and and um, and said that he was out of my league. Wow. And no, that, excuse me, I was out of his league. Yeah, yeah. And that was... Um, humbling I guess I felt really humbled by that um and I think I got attracted to that yeah um because he 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 was actually he was my boss oh and the plot the plot thickens I love, <laughs> I love it. he was my boss but see so then I think that that adds another layer because I'm sure um, that maybe initially you were a bit resistant to date oh, him because of that, right? And so what was it about him that allowed you to trust being in a, giving him a chance? Because if it doesn't work, then what, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I felt so comfortable with him. I felt safe with him. Um, I trusted him. And, and again, he was a friend and he was an amazing boss and an amazing friend. And he was an amazing boss to everyone. Right, he was a good guy. Wait, Sorry? Basically, he was a good man. Such a good man. Such a good man. So I started to kind of 
see him differently. And that was, I was petrified, like you said, petrified of what I was feeling. Um, one, you know, he just recently got divorced. Um, I had already been like separated and he actually was the one that kind of like pushed me to go on about two dates with people. Sorry? Other guys. He pushed you to go yeah. on He's the one that was like, just see what, you know, see how you feel. And so I did that. Um, and I realized when I was with those guys, I was thinking about him. Wow. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I never, uh, I know anybody, if you would, if anybody knows him, no, they will always say that, he, no, they will always say he's a great guy. Oh, he's such a good guy. Um, and so I started to see him in a whole different way, especially when he told me that he was attracted to me and and that I make him nervous. Oh my God. You know, those are things that I felt with my ex. Right. Um, and, you know, I kind of grew up with my mom always saying like, you know, find somebody that's going to love you more than you love them, which I never agreed with. To, to be honest, I never agree with that. I love loving. I I'm I love to love people. Right. I I I I think I'm a great friend. I think I'm a great mother. I think I'm a great aunt. I'm like, well, of course you are because those are Taurus qualities. I, I know. know. <laughs> I mean, and it, you know, there's something to be said that you have had the same best friend for your whole like life. Since we were eight, and that's very rare, really. Like, because I can't even. I have great friends that I met later on in life, but like from the old neighborhood, I can't really say that I maintain like strong relationships the way you have with chastity. Yeah. She, I mean, we, we've been best friends forever. Like, so we've been friends for 40 years because I'm 48. Yes, you have been, I mean, cause I don't ever remember a time that you two were not together. Like, you know, no, like I freaking moved over here. I live literally with chastity. I live literally seven minutes away from her. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. But like, so it just says a lot about your character, who you are, the fact that you are so loyal, that you value the relationships that you have. And so now you find yourself in this relationship with a man who is probably the total opposite of what your type would have been. Um, how did, did that surprise you at all? And did it surprise like the people that know you best? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, uh, did you care at all about what other people would think or say about the fact that he was so different from what you normally would have dated in the past? I didn't. Maybe the younger Denise would have. Yeah. But I didn't. I know what I felt. I know what I was feeling. I still know what I felt, feel. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I never, I didn't really care. I mean, I cared about when I, when I told my kids, you know, um, that was hard because they knew him as my boss. Um, right. that, that how, was hard. how did they, did they accept it? How did they take the, you first, you know, telling them and maybe it had to grow on them after a while. It's still growing on them, girl. Because it's hard too, right? It's it's one, like getting used to the fact that your parents are no longer together, 
They're actually after 27 years, they got back together. Wow. After 27 years of being divorced, my parents got back together. Uh, COVID, 2020. Well, that's them. Yeah. Wow. And but then with your own kids, for them, it's them getting used to the idea that their parents are no longer together. Yeah. And then now seeing their mom with someone new. So I think that whatever it is they're going through is absolutely normal. Yeah. You know, especially because you said your daughter, you know, she's in college, so she's still relatively young. And I think for boys, it's even harder because like they always just look at you as mom and they don't want to imagine their mom with like any other man. Um, but you have to find your happiness, right? And that's, that's exactly, I, I still, I mean, my kids always come first, but my happiness, if I'm not happy, then they're not going to be happy because I don't make them miserable, you know? So my happiness definitely comes first. And then being again, like over 40, you know, I'm going to be, I'm an empty nester. Like eventually they're going to move out and then what, what am I going to do? And so I'm just like enjoying my life right now. Um, I recommend people that are scared to take the leap, like, and just, if you feel, come on, you feel, you feel, if it feels right, right. then if it feels right, then I say you go for it. And then I think too, letting go of whatever preconceived vision you have for your life, right? I think that we get so attached to the picture that we paint in our heads about maybe what our life is supposed to look like or what our partner is supposed to look like that we don't allow ourselves to remain open for the partner that God has for us, right? Because it may not look like what we thought it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be with some black man. Yeah, there you go. And God said, no, mama, I got a white man for you, okay? <laughs> and he's going to treat you good, and he's going to give you all the love that you deserve. Southern gentleman. Southern gentleman. I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have that. You know, I, I was raised in Brooklyn where, 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 you know, going out with a thug that was is, it. is the that shit, was it. you know? And I was, like, head over heels over over my ex, you know, because I liked him from when I was little. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other story, but <laughs> this podcast is not about the past love. This podcast this episode right. is about the new love. Right. So how do you like now being a woman, you know, in your 40s, your kids are pretty much grown. Um you've lived life, you know, how how, what would you say is different now about the way you approach your relationship now versus, you know, before when you were younger or in your, in your past? Totally different. Um, maturity. Uh, whereas uh, before was just like, um, you know, you say things without thinking. Now I think before I speak, do I say stuff still without thinking? Yeah. Um, 
but and, and if I'm wrong, I don't have a problem saying that I was wrong. Um, whereas before I had a problem, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder and I wouldn't, you know. So again, the maturity most definitely is is a big deal. And what does the pursuit of happiness look like for you now that that you're older? I wrote this down, girl. Can I look at my notes? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you pause me? No. <laughs> Hi, Liz. Mm, 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 mm. Because I think that when we're younger, we chase different things, believing that it's going to make us happy. Yep. Um, absolutely. Like, you know, when you, when you're younger, you like think of that whole fairy tale or whatever that, you know, Disney princesses kind of show you, but I put, cause I put, I wrote this down. I said, I've learned that the little simple things mean way more than anything else, mm. especially the materialistic thing that we always used to be like, oh yeah, can I have a watch and, or can you buy me that dress where now I appreciate the opening of the door for me. Yeah. I appreciate the the hug for no reason. I appreciate the forehead kiss. I appreciate um, cooking for me. I appreciate just having an adult conversation, two people that understand each other and know how to communicate versus you know, you're wrong and I'm right. And that's, it. you know. And then there's like, I think, a certain level of peace that exists when you're in the right relationship. When oh my God, I a never. Mature, a mature relationship, right? Yeah. It, it, it's like night and The peace of mind that you have where you're not worrying about what your partner might be doing out there. Um, it's having the peace in your home or when you're together that like, I think you mentioned earlier, he makes you feel like you're safe. Yeah, and that's a big deal. I think that when we're younger, we're not thinking about those things at all because we're looking at, at the looks. We're looking maybe at how much money they make or the kind of car that they drive, like all of these things that really are meaningless because at the end of the day, what we should be focusing on is like, how well does he love me? Do I feel safe with mm -hmm. him? Can I count on him? Like those, that's the stuff that really matters. And at least for me, now that I'm older, those are the things that I value. Like you with my husband, I appreciate the fact that, you know, he's a my partner at home that, you know, he doesn't depend on me to cook dinner like if he's home first he cooks dinner exactly. you know if I'm busy he picks up the kids from school he helps with the homework he makes sure that they're bathed because I do a lot you know and I can only do what I do because I have such a great partner but we also had to work to get here because it wasn't always like this of course yeah you know and I think we don't learn those lessons until we get older 
And like, I wish like for young people that they start to look at the real important things while they're young so that they don't waste their time with the wrong partner. Yeah. And I think it also, I truly believe that it's also like where you grow, where you grow up as well. Yeah. Because I mean, coming from New York and, 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 you know, and being a Latina and type of music you listen to all that when you're younger, it, it, it influences you definitely um whereas like like now like my son he has the habit of like looking at weird stuff let's just say deaths right and I'm like don't look at that like don't look at the negative stuff like I try not to watch tv I mean news that is because there's so much negativity and so again it's all about maturity and you know in your 20s you don't really feel like all that really matters and it does though and I think I love that you said that because you're very protective of what you're allowing to take hold or influence in your mind because whether we realize it or not the things that we look at the music we listen to the shows that we watch even if it's on a subconscious level we're internalizing that's what I try to tell myself and so it's like protecting your mind from yes. uh, the bad influences around us because they're everywhere. And you're right when you grow I up. That. I learned that at an older age. Definitely learned that at an older age. And like my son's girlfriend, for instance, like she's 20. She's 22. She got her own place. She worked two jobs. <laughs> like, oh, and. And in New York or whatever, and I'm not saying only New York, I'm just saying from what, you know, how we were raised, it's like, you know, I was with my mother till I was 27. And you know what? Yes, I lived with my parents until I got married. And that was it. I know. The reason I moved out was because I got pregnant. Hello. (laughs) Same thing with my brother. I think he was around the same age, 27. He left because, you know, but that's crazy. Now it's like, you know, the kids now, or from here, I, I don't know New York that much, but from here, they just want out. Like my daughter, when she hit, she, she's 18. She had said it from like 16. When I'm 18, I'm out of here. I mean, she's still here, but I know she's leaving soon. Yeah. But, but, but I think that that's what we want for our kids too, though. We want them to be independent and to go out there and live life and have experience but then also be smart though about like the choices that you're making absolutely absolutely let me ask you this what do you wish you had known about love and happiness in your younger years that you know now I wish I always had put myself first I wish that I always made myself happy because I feel like since I put everybody before me and put myself last, that is probably what affected a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, because I'm always, I was always trying to please, please, please. And I was just digging myself into a hole. I mean, and they always say happy wife, happy life. And you know what, um, or happy mom, happy kids or whatever. And I wasn't happy and you know, I wasn't happy. 
And so I wish I would have known that prior in my in my younger years. Mm, I love that. Because I think, I mean, and I think that you figured it out still early enough that you have a lot of life left to live yeah. and to enjoy, right? That And that you're healthy enough to live it. I think that unfortunately for some people, they either never realize it or by the time they realize it, it's like it's too late. And then like their whole lives have passed them by and they it's like, oh, I wish I would have. Yeah. You know, but it's so important to to do that self-work now to prioritize yourself. And I think especially in Latino culture, it's a very foreign concept to put yourself first because we're taught to be self-sacrificing and we're supposed to take care of everybody else, even if it's at our own expense. And yeah. that's so dangerous. And what's crazy is that I've always been very maternal in work in in with friends like i'm the mother of the group always um i forgot where i was going with this um well we were talking about self-sacrificing and like and being in our culture that that we do it at our yes place. that was what it was so like i have an aunt that is here she's older she's 87 years old and um like if we have like a family function she's like oh go get go get his food and oh you know make sure he has this so when you said that I thought about that and so I do do those things um and he looks at me like I'm like crazy he's not used to a woman catering to a man and I'm not used to a man catering to a woman so and I think that that's the diff the cultural difference right because I think culturally white men are raised knowing like you're supposed to take care of Correct. your woman yep yep yep, yep. in our culture right the men are taught that they're supposed to be catered to yep and that's what we do yeah so that was a little hard in the beginning you know um but I like, you know, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, so, but now both of us, we learn to uh, appreciate and, and, and it just flows. Yeah. Um, there, there's no, um, everything is just real smooth now because again, I know what I want. He knows what he wants. I mean, I am vocal. I've always been vocal. Um, but when you have a partner that's accepting, um, it, it's just amazing, you know, that he hears me. That's important. Absolutely. He hears me. And I think that right there, Denise, is probably like the key ingredient to a successful relationship, yeah. right? Being able to have that communication and that you both hear each other. Yeah. Because a lot of times, um, and I think you said it, it's part of your own growth, right? We all we when we're younger and we don't know any better, we just want to be right all the time. That we're not we're so focused on being right and getting our point across that mm -hmm. we're not even listening to what our partner is saying. And we just automatically turn it off 
because we're focused on ourselves. And when you're older, it's about understanding, really listening to what your partner is saying. And then deciding, well, what what can I do to, to make sure that this person understands that I hear them and that you're being heard too. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm um, my love language is um, af- uh, words of affirmation. Mm. And I express that all the time. And so the fact that he listened to that and he's always giving me the words of affirmation on top of showing me, I, I'm like so blessed. So blessed. So my last question for you is, what advice would you give someone who has either just turned 40 or, fi- or is finding themselves in a transitional phase of their life? It could be someone who might be experiencing divorce like you did or someone who has yet to find their love. What advice would you give them um, or what words of encouragement or hope? Don't give up. Don't go out looking. I didn't. I didn't go out looking and searching. It. It just kind of came to me. Um, I guess I was lucky. Um, but I think that if you just stay positive and keep that those type of people around you that are supportive, um, go to church. Find find your place, and it will come to you. And I think, you know, one of the things that really struck out to me for you was that, like you said, you weren't looking. You were really focused on taking care of yourself, right? So that Denise could become the best version of herself. And then in doing that, you attracted this love that you weren't even looking for. Correct. Correct. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story with me. It was, you know, it was so nice um, to catch up with you. And thank you for agreeing to be on the minute I sent you that message. And I was like, hey, do you want to share your story? I said um, yes right away. And then I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? Because <laughs> I, I get nervous so easily, you know? Um, but like, then you, you, know, you made me feel better when you said, like, you know, how long have we been knowing each other? Like, we're just two friends talking. And right, and wasn't it easy? Like, it, it, worked. Was, it was nothing out of the blue. And um, I also think, like, when you're comfortable with someone, the conversation just flows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you were, like, a really good guest. Um, and I hope that for those of you who are listening or if you're watching, um, that you get some inspiration from Denise's story that you realize that it's never too late for you to find your love um, and that when the love is for you, it will find you. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to compromise yourself, who you are, your values. The right person will come when the time is right. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Women of Faith podcast. I'm thrilled to have you as part of this empowering journey where we get to inspire each other, lift one another up, 
and create a world where women of faith fearlessly and boldly pursue the life they were created for. Until our next episode, may your faith fuel your passion and your courage open doors of limitless possibilities. Stay boldly faithful and remember that you were created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed, that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do, and that you never forget that you were created for more.